my podcast. This is called The Joyful Podcast. Recording another episode back on this drum. It's been so long, you guys. I, I don't know. Here's the I'm wondering why it's gone it's gone 2 months and I haven't recorded another episode. And why don't I just explore that a little bit? If you've listened to any of the other episodes, you've probably recognized that there's usually like 3 components of, uh, of what I, I try to offer each time. And the three parts are what's going on with me personally, some type of method or tool of the mindfulness revolution. There is more mindfulness. And when you meet somebody that is mindful, practicing methods, uh, using these tools, meditation, yoga, silent retreat, cleansing, you find these people starting to open up to, to ideas. They become thirsty for ideas and for newness. And that newness is a charge of positive energy, usually to people's lives. And that, and there's some joy to that. That's one of the reasons this is called the Joyful Podcast. And one of the reasons it's called a raw journal of the mindful revolution, because it's, it's my raw journalism using uh, some recording apps and, and just whenever I can find time to do it. Anyway, the three things, going back to that, were what's going on in my life personally, a tool of mindfulness, something structured that I can share with, uh, with you what I'm working on. And then third is uh, a cultural observation or something in the news, something at large, something I'd like to talk about. Usually not politics, but for some reason I feel like I should just broach that breach. Broach? Isn't a broach like a some jewelry. Um, I feel like I should touch on that a little bit in my way. <laughs> so that being said, why, why do I, why do I have this podcast uh, that I was, I was doing so regularly for a while and then not, not have recorded anything for a couple months? Well, it's, it's been, um, it's been quite a ride, quite a transition from well, from Los Angeles through that road trip that started in June to getting my own place for the first time in, uh, let's see, July, August, September, October, November, in over five months. <laughs> I guess that's why. I've been in kind of a mode of a, of a, a shrunk down, uh, narrow focus dharma, which I still continue to be in, just to focus on getting back on track and taking, you know, taking care of myself, taking care of Jack, 
who is my toddler who is now two years old and and getting that just going in a nice rhythm and continuing to express and experience joy in my own little way through my own little job and through my own little podcast and hopefully with everything I do you know focus on ideas that I I find can help and and get get not only me talking about things but other people so I can learn from them too so the experience here I went from Los Angeles traveled the country now I find myself in the city of Richmond Virginia a wonderful little town it's um just you know two hours south of Washington DC it has a lot to offer in the ways of you know uh kind of everything you want from a city almost except it doesn't really feel like a big city uh so you can drive across the whole thing really quick <laughs> right next to the James River that river is rolling along right outside of right outside of this apartment which is a beautiful thing to have so it get, gets you in touch with nature a little bit which is Something that we had in L.A., you could easily get out to the mountains and, and go hiking, easily get out to the the ocean, of course. But something about there just being a lot less people, you know, a lot less people is a nice is a nice slowdown. You know, one thing that that I'm not prepared for, that I'm really a fish out of water for, is um, well, <laughs> a lot of a lot of things, but the cold. It's unbelievably cold. It changes it changes a lot of parts of your day and your week when it like hurts to go outside for a moment. Uh, it it requires like a lot of preparation just to you know, to run to your car. Oh, especially with, with children, especially with a toddler, you're like, I, I, I can't expose this guy to the cold, you know, without proper bundling up and then when is too long like I took him to the park today um, because he's dying to go outside he, he needs to do something outside and he wants to go to the same playground park park let's play and you know I'm just like in my, my mind is a ticking clock like all right when am I being a, a horrible parent at what how many minutes have to go by before he's definitely going to get a cold um, so he's there playing. He's probably not thinking about it at all. But you know, you don't want to catch these these kids, uh, get them to catch a cold. So that takes a lot of preparation and a big adjustment. Just yeah, obviously. I mean, people say it all the time in Southern California. We're spoiled there, but <laughs> it's like, well, of course we we're spoiling ourselves. That's why we're here. That's why everybody is here. Uh, that's why the rent is so high, or what have you, the cost of living. But I sure do miss those, those SoCal folks and the way that they do things. Things are a bit slower here. Yeah, I can, maybe I've dived into that a little bit before, but yeah, just uh, things are a bit slower. You go into the grocery store and you can expect definitely a line every single time. Um, and a very non-urgent uh, couple of people working there. You know, everybody seems, it's it always seems like understaffed, very much understaffed. I remember like um, the Ralphs that we went to in Hollywood, in West Hollywood, 
man, those people were happy. Those, those the, the people there that worked there, that they were happy, and, and they never wanted to see you wait even for a minute. I mean, if you were if you were in line, they somebody's like jerking you over. They're like, sir, right over here, come over to this register. I'll, you know, I'm the I'm the general manager of this freaking place, but you you know you're not gonna wait behind that person. You're gonna come over here, and they seem to do it with a smile on their face. So, for uh, you know, for all the people in California, there there sure are some damn good ones. And, and God bless the people out here too. I mean, how, how uh, snobby do I sound? I'm like, I, I don't want to like be looking down on the the slow pace of people here. You know, they're wonderful. I just you know, it's just, it feels like a smaller town. That's all, all there is to it. <laughs> uh, so that's what's going on with me. Um, or that's what's going on with where I live now. What is it like to not have your own place for a while? Um, I guess... Challenging? Hmm. Challenging, yeah. It was kind of an opportunity, an opportunity to just to get through. I mean, the, the family and, and friends that, that helped me out and said, here, you can stay with us for as long as you need, which, you know, takes a long time when you're starting from, from nothing and also, you know, taking care of toddler starting a new job and like <laughs> really I mean it was in the first few episodes that I, I was talking about just having everything was that I owned was like being thrown away or sold for a for nothing you know on Craigslist um, so basically just the van that van Morrison that Jack and I rolled across in was like was everything um, and so that I just I was really happy, I think, before I set out because I knew that no matter what challenge there was, it wasn't going to throw me. There's a little bit of a conundrum when I am, I give myself a pat on the back, which you should do. You should give yourself lots of pats on the back for things, uh, for getting through like a challenge or overcoming some difficulty so yeah pat on the back Ethan way to go um, man you, you, you sure can handle some tough some tough things um, but then I also there's this law of attraction thing where or similar thing to that where if you have an identity or discuss like that realm that becomes your experience. So it actually crosses my mind that like, I, I yeah, there's a difficulty and a challenge that I'm, I'm glad that I got through. And, and some of it, I even actually encouraged me to even make this podcast. Like that was because of difficulty, because of, of like kind of pain. Um, and that was like a spur to get me talking. That was one of the things I discussed was coming, was getting through challenges. So does that, in the law of attraction and like the four agreements type of this, 
this philosophy of oneness that you create your own reality, that you can actually bring things into existence in your experience by and manifest them out of your own will and your own discussion, your own focus. So, focus on hardship, congratulations. Life of hardship, <laughs> um, another challenge. So, I am shifting away from that and saying like, well, this was tough, you guys, to saying like, no, they, I'm enjoying things. Like right now, I'm sitting on my son's little um, little farm mat. Uh, I, like I said, this is a beautiful place that we live at right near the river. Um, Jack is in there. Sleep. Yeah, he's asleep now, watching on the monitor. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking enjoying it. Um, my family, I just, I've been seeing family uh, the relationship with, you know, Jack's mother is, is amazing. She's, um, you know, sh that's all, all better as far as cooperatively making decisions and things like that. That's good. Really, what a relief. Um, stress, less stress by, by a thousand percent in that regard. So things are very cool. And that's like a little microcosm, my wanting to not focus on challenges. And I, and I encourage you to do the same thing, is, is, is find out that fine line between when you discuss things, how you discuss it, how you think about it. Not only when you're talking to other people, but in your mind, take it with a healthy, a healthy balance of you don't want to dwell on it and you don't want to make an identity of it because that might actually be manifesting exactly what you're talking about. I wonder that some of you, um, there's like three or four people that I know listen to this podcast. Some of you know that it was a big goal of mine to bring about mindfulness and propel the mindfulness movement because I fully believe that doing so will make a few divisions in our culture, especially American culture, that we have now go really go away. The way of the freaking caveman, for sure. And the first one, I think, the most ridiculous one would be the misunderstandings that we uh, that we call racism now and so me saying that basically tiptoeing around trying to say i want to end racism which i do but i just i don't want to end anything i want to be for something else and i just know in my heart that part of that would be the dissolving of what people now call racism because the more it, it, it doesn't need to be every single person to have an idea that is prevalent in a culture. It just has to have this critical mass, which who knows could be 
we could be 3% of people away from enough minds that are open in order to start having that to be the predominant, the prevailing uh, ideology. It's, for example, it's not every single person who goes around saying that they're one religion or that this is a God-fearing nation. It, it really isn't. It's not every person. It's, but it's just this critical enough mass where, like in mass communication, you can say, you, you know, you can say that and it seems normal, like um, how it's normal for, like at the State of the Union to say, God bless, uh, and God bless the United States of America, you know? Um, it's not every single person who would say that or even places value in that, but it's just enough um, still that it's prevailing. And so I don't think that mindfulness will go around and change every single person's mind, but I do think that the ideas of positivity, of acceptance within yourself and others, and understanding of your own thoughts and understanding of how your own mind works, how every and therefore everyone's mind works. Those ideas are so magically unlocking for people who have them that when shared, they have the power to really get to that critical that level of of culture that we that will it will take to have a changing where discussions of opposition and fiery this side versus that side conflicts will start to be revealed as a very low vibration and a low understanding of the mind. A very, very primitive way to be. That's, uh, that's how I explain what one of my desires, my things that I'm excited about is, um, about the mindfulness revolution. Now I'm going to get into, did, did that make any sense to anyone? I had no idea what I was going to get into, but I'm, it, I'm at the buzzer here. I wanted to do another episode before this year ended. Um, and now I've been in this new apartment two full weeks and it's been a, a, on survival mode. I didn't really feel like I, it was like so impossible to to focus enough to like bring a topic. And one of the challenges is now that <laughs> I have um, a few episodes in, in the bag here that are, you know, I can't remember if it's 15 or 20 or something like that episodes, but it, it starts to feel like legitimate and I'm like at the precipice of being able to like have this brand, uh, this brand image to you know, like every everything is a brand if you want to push it these days for success. That I actually wanted to have a successful brand image. And so I was, that's one of the reasons why I simply haven't been as raw as I was. Is because I was wondering, wrestling with what... It, is this good enough? Is this going to ruin a brand? Is there a brand possible here? 
what's my brand? <laughs> I want to be a brand. No, I'm not a brand. I'm just a, a working guy who is trying to share some things as I, as I go through them a little bit. That's the, that's the only offering of this thing here. There's a little bit right before I started this job. If you've listened to that episode, I, like the week, maybe six days before I started this new job, I thought, wow, I'm about to just be full on committed to this thing for like three years and build up slowly without much time. And so I started this Kickstarter campaign and I made this little video and I said, hey, everybody, please fund my my Kickstarter campaign. Give me as much money as I would make at this job in my whole salary for one year so that I don't have to use, so that I don't have to take that job. And instead, I can use all of that time, eight hours a day to develop the ideas uh, and document things and, and do projects that I think would propel this movement. That's what my Kickstarter campaign was. And, uh, you know, it was six days right before. And it was like something that had just occurred to me for 20 minutes and I created it. So the fact that it didn't get funded, you know, it, that didn't shock me. Um, but to let you know where my intents lie, it was, I am under no kind of illusion that I don't, absolutely need to have a job. I'm also under no illusion that I would prefer to focus on this other type of this other type of mission, goal, uh, plan, combining journalism, research, fun experiences, drumming, <laughs> things like that. Uh, instead but you know that's not uh, I gave it gave it a little college try from what I could and getting behind my choice now is just working working the job and being good at it and trying to influence you know the people that that I meet through that job and and be somebody who's, who's nice to work with nice to work for so still talking about me and we're probably it's probably been enough enough uh, time uh, just to fill you in on on what's going on with me that's the first goal I guess the second one is a technique tool or methodology that I'm working on right now and sharing that with you well I'm picking up, I've mentioned it a couple times, um, the idea of Dharma. And, and dedication, your life's dedication. And it's something that I've been trying to read about a little more. How that comes into being. What, what does that really mean? Is it as simple? Is, does, is it just like, oh, what does Dharma mean? Oh, it means your life's purpose. All right. I like that definition. I really do. Because the more I read about it, the more ambiguous it is to me, the more it, it 
it eludes me of what it actually is, where it came from, what culture invented it. I mean, words have have changing definitions all the time, and and usually it's to simplify what it means. So whether that that term was invented in in the sixth century B.C. Um, as part of the Hindu religion in India, I'm pretty sure that's where that term came from, and it had a lot to do with the class system. And because the civilizations, I guess at that time, from 1000 to 600 BC, had come on to take on like a, a regularly, I mean, think about that, that's, that's five, six hundred years of these civilizations in the same place without a, probably a, a whole lot of technological advances. So, I mean, relatively, compared to the last 200 years, the technological advances have been, like almost all, like all of them have occurred in the last 200 years. I know that's naive. It's definitely not all of them. There have been th things for sure. But in the time from 1000 to 500 BC, I would love to hear what the technological advances are. There are probably things to make carrying uh, carrying loads slightly more convenient. Um, but still, they were probably using pack animals and, and things a lot more than even wagons. Um, There's pyramids aside now. Anyway, the cycles of civilization had gone on so much that really things fell into the structure of simply who would do what. And so that caste system of if you are a low-level laborer, you know, or a, um, a slightly higher, um, like a merchant level, or a slightly higher military level, or a higher uh, teacher, or the highest, like a landowner, and a politician type of person. Um, I guess the very highest would have been like a priest in this in this structure, um, and the and maybe like a priest is on, of you know that religion, not a Catholic priest. I mean, for God's sake, we're not Catholic uh, back then. But the term Dharma came out of that, out of um, out of that time when this structure to Hinduism was, was taking on this to make cultures agree on and basically live in harmony based on what you were like you're if you're a laborer you know your your son make sure your son honors those same laboring laborer values and he does a good job of that and you know you don't try to jump classes or, or cultures. So when, when I think about what's my life purpose, and I think about that type of definition that it had th a thousand or so years ago, I'm not that happy with it because then it makes me want to analyze what, what's my class. Um, and I'm not sure, I guess just whatever I happen to be doing, I guess I'm kind of that merchant level uh, you know, I'm not a, a landed gentleman by any means, not a, not a priest, um, haven't gone to school enough to be a teacher. 
couple of bad breaks away from being a, a laborer, you know, and even, I guess laborers have a few different tiers of, of what you would find acceptable as far as a, a livelihood. Not, not all of that is the same. But anyway, you can see why that is not as relevant today, being the free culture that we are, especially in the most evolved, I don't know, when I say this, I haven't lived in Switzerland and France and, you know, some of these places like, um, I don't know, Germany, Amsterdam, Norway. I haven't lived in some of these places that have a culture that seems pretty highly evolved. I know, they pay a lot of taxes and stuff like that. Uh, but we pay a ton of taxes and we pay for a lot of stuff here. Um, but it seems to me that the ability to be able to choose your own destiny here based on your effort seems pretty cool. It's kind of why we're so huge, right? And I'm talking about us, the United States of America. That's That makes it the definition of Dharma that is more simplified. That is like, seriously, what is your goal? What's your plan? Do you want to, to, how do you want to live your life? What will be your choice of your destiny? Because you don't owe anything to anyone. So what are you going to do? That Dharma has more meaning to me. Um, and I want to, I want to explore that a little more. So that's like the kind of the tool or the, uh, Man, I gotta figure out a better way to to label the second component of my podcast. A tool that's the um, specific philosophy that I'm exploring, I guess, at the time. Before this, I had just ended a study of the seven chakras and my experience with that. And do you guys remember when I was doing that? It was really awesome. It was amazing. Um, there's one book about the chakras that I, I really dove into. And I stopped. There's seven main chakras. And I stopped kind of at the sixth. Right? I'm still working on the seventh. And the seventh is, um, is the highest one. It is the, the crown chakra. And when your crown chakra is in, is, is in balance, that means everything else is also. So that means you've done a really good job of all of the work that it takes and you're, you're, uh, you're, you're healthy in a lot of areas and you're enjoying yourself in a lot of areas. And honestly, to me, the, the past few months, it's been kind of like a head down, you know, chop wood, carry water sort of thing in a lot of ways. And that's that's the thing with a lot of people, but in the past couple months it, it's it's really been that way. So I've been I've been enjoying it. But I just I just had such a specific few goals to hit that I was you know, my enjoyment of life was kinda like just make if those things were in, in order that I was making those like sh little sh baby strides, then that's where my bliss was. That's where my happiness was. 
and it wasn't anything um, from a, a transcending philosophy that I had not yet taken on. It wasn't bringing anything new into my life. It was staying healthy, staying positive, staying balanced, and, and chopping wood, carrying water. That was it. So it wasn't, uh, you know, the openness of what are the next possibilities. Um, when you have a job that does allow you to feel a little secure and it allows you to have a few dollars in the bank so that when you go to sleep at night, you're not like worried about next month. You're just you're just kind of troubled by something else. Maybe there's some indicators like if you're troubled by like if you if you want to get it, you know, keep your car for longer, or if you want to get a new one, what's the right choice, or, you know, should, should you change the private schools, or should you let your son play football this year, or not play football, or if those are some of your ideas, or some of your troubles, that means, like, money is not your primary Money and housing are not like your worry at the time. So those indicators, think of those as a really good thing. And that you can actually focus on like other ideas and, and bring some of those other ideas that this universe needs from us, when, especially we're in that state where we've got other priorities kind of buttoned up and we're not worried about them right then. Um, that's the level I want to get to again, which I was at, but I haven't been for a couple months just because, like I said, really specific goals. This year has been pretty awesome for me, pretty life-changing, pretty crazy, I'm sure for a lot of people too. And the biggest thing about this year for sure, for me, was the passing of Tom Petty. Man, I really, really relied on that guy this year. His rock music kept me going more afternoons and nights than I can count this year. It became like the kind, the brand of music, so much music became pretty redundant and ridiculous to me and and uh, too genre or too just pointless. The like the only brand of rock music, you know, were some of the the greats that I that I listened to. And I'm not talking about the greats from like our generation necessarily, but man, that that cat was a true rock, amazing. Because it was like pop. His songs were like simple but soulful and heartfelt and like timeless rock. He valued a good song and he just, it was all awesome. So good. Um, man. Yeah, Tom Petty, if you're up there, man, thank you so much. That started out as kind of a joke. Like what was the biggest thing that happened to me this year? Oh, that's it. That's, uh, but thank you, Tom Petty, for all that music, man. Um, what a dude.
And another thing was the, I guess the third thing, that was the second thing, I guess, was the, the discussion of Dharma and how that kind of applies and what I'm studying about that. Third thing is culturally, culturally, y'all, um, there's so many people that are just taking a side of opposition against like another side. And this is such a time for us as mindful folks, as positive people. Do, I hope we do what, I'm going to point out some things and encourage you that it, it's, it's, let's make this our rock bottom for how we feel and how absolute like opposite extremes of culture are varied only by like a percent or two. <laughs> like, so it's, there's not like this big middle of everybody who agrees with something and then at the far end at the far ends of it um or like the the far end the thoughts it it's like everybody is either on this side or that side and those two sides are so are so not needed by me there's there's something we need to look past that we need to get for something and not against things, for sure. Just say what you're for. Don't ever, ever, ever say what you're against. Okay? Say what you're for. I, I wrote something that I was looking through. I, I threw away a lot of notebooks and journals and stuff like that before I left Los Angeles. I remember one night being like kind of troubled by politics. This is early on because I haven't even watched the news or anything um which i would i would love to tell you why um a lot a lot of joyful people are not watching the news because you know what we're going to be dead all of us within 80 years um i mean each individual one of us you know none of us is gonna go on forever i don't want any of my time to be stressed out about something that i can't change you know and yes I do try to change I I um I speak from the heart and I try to study that heart and make sure it's a it's aware of things I don't want to be a hypocrite here we we hit kind of this like rock bottom as far as how much we don't get along with the other sides and how much of the other side. Let's just allow that to, at least it's alive, man. It's, let's just appreciate it. Like, wow, look what's going on. We look what is possible. Freaking, let's allow that to make us think that anything is possible. Because to have like, just you know, have somebody as the president of the the most powerful, largest economy in the whole world ever have that person be like, you know, somebody who relates to to the, the large mass classes at the basis level, you know, shooting off Twitter tweets and 
and email blasts and, and really saying whatever he's an iconoclast of every type of of courtesy and and politeness um all the rules they're they're, they're broken the precedents are broken and let's not be so like enraged by that let's like say oh yeah there are things that haven't happened yet that actually can happen let's make those things good things let's and, and remember everybody can change and so for you to say that that you don't like this president and that he's never going to change you're you're kind of wishing that you're you're enjoying the opposition part of, of your existence i think i truly think that um you're embracing this this thing that you you feel your in your heart needs to be opposed and you're doing your part to do it and, and just imagine a world when you didn't when you were just you're like yep i i am going to be dead soon and i'm not going to rail out against something you know uh and give people credit you know people aren't aren't as bad as we try to make them out to be and i fully have, I've, I've read everything you guys i've read things that that are very very damning very very accusational I just, I've heard the same things about people that I really liked, you know, in the past, you know, and so I just, I don't take anything that anybody's saying, like, seriously, and so I stopped, and when I realized I wasn't taking it seriously, it made me stop paying attention altogether, and that was one of my encouraging things was, yeah, we may have hit a low, we have a bombast, iconoclast reality star as our president, but damn if this thing isn't alive, and if damn if things aren't possible here. Um, so, you know, be encouraged by that. Give everybody a second chance, and this uh, this next year has any level of possibilities we want. Focus on on what we're for study what we're for and that that means you individually me individually i'm going to keep on trying through this podcast and i'll keep on thanking you for listening and i'll keep on trying not to say um as much man this has just been what a year i'm going to leave you on a little song that just i can't get enough of this i was going to do a whole episode on this song and I maybe I still will but speaking of the guy
Thank you so much for listening to the Joyful Podcast. May your next day be extremely more joyful than the previous day. We're trying to make it 10% more joyful, huh? What would that take? God bless and namaste.